basically that's how the burnt chef was born he basically thought this is an opportunity to educate train just give people the tools that are needed to look after their own mental health and the mental health of those around them Hospitality and mental health is something that we can really never speak too much about. Uh, the, the struggle to stay level, to stay upbeat, committed, and yeah, progress in your career in, in whichever direction you want to is something that is so challenging for people in hospitality due to the structure of the industry, certainly due to the strange times that we live in. Uh, and yeah, due to, I suppose, some kitchen culture that some, sometimes seems a little bit hard to shift. Today, we're talking to somebody who is working hard in this space, uh, working hard to break the stigma around talking about mental health. Alan Tompkins is a chef. And Alan, I am super happy to have you on Dirty Linen today. No, thank you for having me, Danny. I'm really honoured. I've been listening to a lot of your podcasts and uh, I feel like I'm in a lustrous company. <laughs> well, let's see how we go with that. Maybe I reckon I'm going to feel like I'm the one that's in a lustrous company by the end of this chat. Um, give us a little bit of your backstory, Alan. Uh, tell us about yourself, about your progression through the industry and what's brought you to the work that you're doing today. Yeah, well, basically I was uh, born and raised in Geelong. Um to be honest with you, I probably was a little bit unorthodox getting into the industry. I never enjoyed doing home echo at school, um, never spent much time with my mum in the kitchen. Um, probably one of the greatest cooks I ever knew was my nana. And apart from eating everything on her plate, on my plate, plus whatever leftovers were, were, were there, um, I never spent any time with her in the kitchen. So... Basically, it was a fact of me finishing school and I tried business studies for about 15 minutes and I thought, no, this isn't going to work for me. Um, I spent about as, the same length of time as a gardener and again, I thought, no, this isn't for me. Um, so basically, I fell into hospitality, I think, 80% uh, desperation, basically needing to get a job and I was very late starting. I think I was 24 when I realised I wanted to cook. Um, I did a couple of 15-week courses. Um, the first one covered everything from kitchen and bar and waiting. And I remember the lady running the course said to me, so which part did you enjoy the most? And without even hesitating, I said the kitchen. And she said, have you signed up for the commercial cookery course? And I basically I said I didn't know there was one. And I signed up pretty much on the spot. Um, loved every minute of it. Ended up getting... Uh, part-time work from the restaurant um, where we were training. Um, so the, the boss of the restaurant must have seen something in me, um, which was really, really good. Um, and then basically, you know, went through the whole apprenticeship, um, a lot of um, a lot of uh, restaurant work, um, pubs. There were a lot of palmies, a lot of palmies through the years, which I can't even uh, I can't even look at anymore. Um, <laughs> Eventually, when I qualified, I had that chance to sort of run the kitchen in the absence of the head chef. Um, so I took on a little bit more responsibility. Um, found that I really enjoyed uh, teaching the younger chefs. So I started taking them under my wing a little bit. Um, uh, basically, I never really wanted to run my own venue. Um, I always found there's a lot of stress placed mentally, physically, and and money-wise on owners, and I think I learned very early on not to uh, not to go down that road. Um, 
and we sort of fast forward, believe it or not, uh, 22 years. Um, and I had what I like to call a breakthrough mental breakdown. Um, it was the second breakdown I'd had in six months. Um, mainly was did you do with COVID? It was the fact that we were going in and out of COVID and, um, yeah, just sort of the stop-start nature of it. And I think at the same time, maybe I was just losing my spark a little bit. Um, so uh, I was mutually agreed when I had that breakdown that we were sort of um, – I would sort of walk away from the industry. I more or less just completely walked away from it, um, mainly because of um, my mental health. Um, and I knew at that time I could go one of two ways. I was either going to go spiral out of control and let the mental illness win. But deep down for the first time in a long time, there was something that was urging me to to give back to hospitality and um I'd actually been studying mental health. Um, I'd been talking a long time to colleagues that I really wanted to concentrate on chefs and their mental health or hospitality and mental health. Um, and that sort of got me to where I am today. Basically, one day I put um, chef's mental health into a Spotify search and that's when the Burnt Chef came up and... I thought, oh, yeah, this is sort of an organisation that's doing exactly what I'm hoping to do in the future. Um, so I sort of, um, on top of my full-time role now, I work in a work in a very busy warehouse here in Brayside. I'm, um, yeah, I'm an ambassador for the Burnt Chef Project. Wow. I mean, Alan, that is a really amazing story that you've, yeah, somehow um, condensed very eloquently, but obviously there's so much to all those different aspects of what you've what you've talked about. I'm so interested that you were studying uh, mental health at the same time as you're experiencing mental health challenges. I mean, was it was was mental health something that you'd you'd struggled with a little bit over the years? Like, had there been instances of, of stress or difficulty in your working life that had triggered things or, you know, had it just, did it just come out of the blue with COVID? No, I've actually struggled with my mental health for nearly 30 years. So uh, um, it's something that I have either learned to live with or you sort of find ways of coping, whether it's, whether uh, it's good coping me mechanisms or not. Um and basically, I just sort of learned to live with the illness and um, just basically just sort of made sure I sort of kept a level head with the mental health side of it. Um, and, yeah, so that's where the sort of the interest in the studying mental health, um, where I sort of had that sort of path that I was half thinking about with the, the mental health um, in hospitality um, venture. It's, it's amazing how you've brought these two worlds together. I mean, and, you know, you seem very open in talking about mental health, but there is still such a stigma around it. And I think, you know, um, hospitality isn't always a comfortable place for people to talk about the kinds of things that they're experiencing. I mean, what, what has helped you to be so open and to see it as a space where you can sort of create change? Um. You know what? Again, I sort of put it down to um, 
which we'll probably touch on soon, the Burn Chef project, um, I think gave me the confidence to sort of open up a little bit more. Um, I realised that I had a, I had a vehicle there, I suppose, where I could sort of um, basically get my story out there and hopefully, you know, people that are reading, um, reading, I, I post blogs every now and again and I've really opened myself up, something I've never done in my 46 and a bit years on this planet. Um, and I've just found for myself it's allowed me to get a lot of um, a lot of things out that I've sort of maybe I'd been bottling up for a while. Um, it's brought a lot of things from the past that I didn't even remember and just being able to sort of get it in, get it out there um, through social media and just sort of open myself up and just basically whenever I did a blog, I just basically, the way I was thinking about it was the way that I typed it um, and I just didn't edit it. I just said, you know what, I'm just going to put it out there. People can read it. People may learn from it. People might take something from it or they might look at it and go, you know what, I've been in a similar situation and I never knew what to do and here's this guy who's just pouring his heart out in these blogs and yeah yeah so basically i'm it's sort of twofold i'm doing it to help myself but in the long term i i want to help um especially younger chefs out there because i think with covid and the, and the covid hangover i think there's going to be a lot of a lot of hard work that needs to be done with younger chefs just to sort of keep them keep them going keep them focused keep them happy um yeah just basically just trying to trying to give people the tools to sort of know how to cope know how to spot the signs of when they can see that their colleague's struggling rather than a colleague you know chucking a pan down and you sort of think oh he's just having a bad day being able to sort of think oh no maybe there's something more to it maybe there's whether it's in the work environment or maybe something's happening at home um just sort of making people aware that, you know, they've sort of got to keep an eye out for, for those around them and just sort of look a little bit, a little bit deeper than, than what can they can actually see. Yeah. I mean, what do you think hospitality is, is like for people who are, are struggling? Um, I think, I think sometimes it can be a bit of a, bit of a savior. I actually probably touching back on the desperation of, of getting into hospitality. I think, I, when I started working in hospitality, I felt like I finally had a little bit of a purpose in life, um, but it can sort of work. It can work two ways. You sort of find yourself a lot of the times, you know, if you're having a, you're in a bit of a, a deep um, depression, sometimes you'll actually put your head down and plough into your work a lot more. Um, and I think sometimes that comes down to sort of not knowing who you can talk to, you know, whether or not you can turn to your head chef and say, you know what, I'm, I'm struggling today. Can we, you know, maybe, maybe I'll do prep today or, or just sort of maybe I'll do a shift um, on the dishes just to sort of maybe just ease that pressure a little bit, take away the, the pressure of service a little bit. Um, I think I never really knew. I just sort of thought, no, you've just got to put your head down and just keep going and going and going. Um, and more often than not, it, in my situation, I sort of kept digging myself a bigger hole um, and not knowing really who to turn to to uh, to get out of that hole. 
Do you think that there have been changes along the way, you know, the way that people are, are open to hearing about mental health more or perhaps structuring the workplace so that there is less stress, if indeed that's that's possible? <laughs> I th- I think there's a lot of a lot of places that are really starting to really concentrate on um, looking after their staff. Um, you know, now that I'm not in the hospitality, um, you know, not in the in the heat of battle anymore, so to speak. Um, I've probably lost touch a little bit, but I know that there's a lot of, especially in the UK, there's a lot of um, a lot of restaurants that are only opening four days a week. Um, there's some places that will close on a Sunday. Um, just basically to give their staff that um, that family time, which I think is really, really good. They're sort of going against the norm of Sunday being one of the busiest days to thinking, no, let's make, you know, Sunday a family day. And um, I think businesses are looking more at um, doing things with their staff outside of work as well, just organising, you know, morale-boosting things, um, which is really, really good. But I still think, there's there's a few things we can sort of probably suggest or or get out there that um, we can sort of maybe educate owners and and managers and head chefs a little bit more on just just thinking about the staff sometimes a little bit more than they do. Um, there's a lot that's been done and it's changed a lot in the 22 years that I was a chef, um, but there's there's still a little way to go, I think. So tell us about the Burnt Chef Project. Yes, the Burnt Chef Project, which was something I had never heard of back in August when I had my uh, had my little breakdown. Um, basically, it's a uh, not-for-profit social enterprise. Uh, it was set up by Mr Chris Hall in the UK, who, through his work in the hospitality industry, had noticed... Um, the struggles with mental health um, with both clients and friends. Um, he felt something needed to be done. Um, somewhat things needed to be ch- needed to change. People needed someone to uh, to turn to. Um, he felt like hospitality staff should be able to discuss their mental health, should be able to get support from their peers and their employers, as I said, and. Basically, that's how the Burnt Chef was born. He basically thought this is an opportunity to um, educate, train, just give people the tools that are needed um, to look after their own mental health and the mental health of those around them. So what's your role in it, Alan? Well, basically, as an ambassador, um, we are taking on all the the, issues all the conditions that the burnt chef has put into play and basically trying to, to um, spread it as far and wide as we can. Um, we started off, actually, I was the very first um, ambassador for the burnt chef in Australia and I was actually really surprised um, with an organisation like this that uh, uh, there wasn't any other ambassadors and the more people I talked to, the more, you know, sort of, Maybe 30% of people may have heard of the Burnt Chef Project but um, didn't know exactly what they did or whether or not um, the work they were doing could translate, um, you know, all that distance from the UK to us. Um, and that's basically what I'm trying to do now is I'm trying to 
make people aware that the Burnt Chef does the Burnt Chef project exists, um, and everything they do can be translated into Australian kitchens. Um, and yeah, I just feel like there's a need for for everyone to know who the Burnt Chef project is, and just yeah, run with it. Sort of have a look at what they do, see if they think it's um, suitable for their organisation, and um, you know, sort of even adapt it to um, to suit their own needs. So, is there is it sort of like there are programs offered or templates or activities that you, people can take into their workplaces and um, yeah, try to move things forward. They do do um, mental health training, management training. Um, all of that can be done via Zoom. Obviously, um, all the guys in the UK aren't going to fly out every time um, every time a restaurant needs them. Um, yeah, it's all basic. As I said, it can all be translated um, into Australia. Um, they've got their own uh, app called the uh, Burn Chef Academy, which offers um, just training for individuals and management. Um, and all of that training can can then assist in running uh, running their business. Um, and of course, with the app, you've got it there on your phone, so you can go back and look over it. And you sort of, you know, there's parts on, um, you know, sort of management management of time and um, um, you know managing your own stress. Um, yeah, so it's um, there's a lot involved, and I think um, I think it's very valuable for for all Australian uh, hospitality workers to um, look into it. Yeah, no, it sounds it sounds so good. It's, um, I mean, what are some of the things that you've got from it or that you can see other people gaining from it? You know, is it particular behaviours or principles or just, you know, mindset kind of things? Um, at the moment, I'm sort of in the embryonic stage. I'm sort of uh, fighting my feet with it. Obviously, I've had to learn a lot about what they do um, in a short period of time. Um, but I'm seeing a lot of interest in just sort of people wanting to find out what they offer. Um, again, as I said, not a lot of people in Australia know about what they do. Um, they do podcasts as well, which, which are absolutely amazing. And as I said, that's where I first discovered them. So again, they sort of can listen to podcasts and sort of hear from, um, well-known English chefs about the struggles they've gone through, whether it be with mental health or, you know, COVID, things like that. So um, there's a lot that they can take on board and sort of, and again, they can do it in their own time so they can sort of then um, relate it back to, to their situation and, and how they want to sort of be happier and and have, um, you know, happier, healthier industry. Mm. I mean, it's interesting, Alan, that you obviously care so much about hospitality and you're really committed to it through the Burnt Chef Project, but you feel like it's not the right place for you to work at the moment. Do you, do you think that that's something that might change? Um, for myself personally, I think probably I've, I've um, run my race in hospitality. Um, there is an opportunity um, in a few months' time to do a little bit of weekend work to, uh, to help out an old boss. So, um I'm certainly, I'm certainly not going to hang up the apron yet. I think it's something that, you know, they do say once a chef, always a chef. Um, I, yeah, I would say never say never. There's, there's <laughs> still that opportunity, and maybe with these new skills that I'm developing. Um, again, I think at the moment I'm more interested in probably educating younger chefs 
um, or I think it's it's I think it's um, two sides of it. I think educating um, the owners and the managers just to be a little bit more open, have a bit more of a open door policy with their staff. Um, but I think if we sort of uh, look at apprentices, um, sort of educate them on how to spot signs of, of poor mental health in colleagues, slowly as they go up the ranks and all of a sudden they're at the head chef position, you know, maybe we don't need to sort of concentrate more on the owners and the manager's side of it. Um, it'll sort of break that chain a little bit of, you know, oh, you know, I was treated like this when I was an apprentice, so this is how I'm going to be when I'm a head chef. Or conversely, sometimes head chefs will say, I don't want to treat my apprentices the same as I was treated. So there's sort of there's ways we can sort of break that chain a little bit. Yeah, no, I've, I mean, we've definitely talked to people on the podcast who've had both of those perspectives, you know, that, yeah, it's um, definitely breaking that 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 chain is um, really, really powerful. And I suppose so much of it is about awareness, isn't it, just taking the, the time to, to think um, about, yeah, behaviour and the consequences and perhaps how you can deal with different situations in a different way. It's, uh, yeah, there's, there's sort of no end to that work, but uh every yeah every every bit of change is really powerful yeah and i think yeah i think working with the younger generation as i said you can sort of slowly slowly just change it without even really having to work too hard with it it's just more about i think as i said i knew nothing no, no idea who to turn to when i was having mental health struggles um in the kitchen um and it was just basically the whole time playing in your head is that whole mantra of if you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen and you sort of think, you know, I'm just going to bottle this up and just keep ploughing more and more into my work. And then conversely, the head chef or the owner sort of sees you doing that and thinking, oh, yeah, he's handling that brilliantly. Let's give him a whole heap more work. And then and it just sort of builds more and more. And I think um, just sort of chefs being able to sort of say, you know what, I'm having a real rough time of it today. You know, can we take a little bit of a step back and sort of, you know, I'll just do this today or, you know, just sort of maybe allow them to manage their time a little bit more. I mean, you know, if if the day's a little bit quieter, maybe send them home a couple of hours earlier just to give that give that time to sort of um, rest and recover. Um, just, yeah, yeah, just I think the chefs a lot of the time, and I know I was guilty of it, um, always put their work first um, because that's the way that's basically the way they think they think is the way it needs to be basically the work comes first and I was actually talking to someone yesterday um, who was actually a barman and he was saying exactly the same thing happens um, the front of house as well and then at the end of the day you sort of think hang on we're just cooking food for people here or we're just you know serving drinks to people we're not performing open heart surgery or things like that. We really are just at the end of the day, just cooking food. We're doing what we're doing the job that we love, but at the end of the day, we're just cooking food. And I think a lot of that sort of side of it needs to come back into it. I mean, you know, I was always one for having a good laugh in the kitchen, but when the work needed to be done, then you do put your head down. But outside of those two or three or four or five hours of intense service, you've sort of got to have a bit of a laugh about it. I probably took it far too seriously for far too long. Um, 
yeah, we just we just sort of need to sort of ease back a little bit. I think COVID sort of allowed people to sort of see, you know, there's a little bit more, um, there's a little bit more to doing 60, 70, 80 hours a week. Um, they were spending time, a little bit more time at home, whether or not their partners liked the idea of them being home um, more time than they were used to. But, yeah, I think COVID's helped a little bit with just sort of being able to open people's eyes a little bit. And uh, I feel like I'm sort of striking at the right time with the mental health awareness and the Burnt Chef project. Um, just sort of hitting it at the right time, just as everyone's just sort of rethinking or pivoting is the word they seem to like to use um, to the way they do things. Yeah, I'm, I think you're absolutely right, Alan. It's definitely people have had time to and cause to think about things from a bit of a, a broader perspective. It's it, it does sort of make me wonder people have had that time away from hospitality. Uh, some people, you know, including yourself, have seen that perhaps it's not the right job for them, at least at the moment. So they've they've left the industry and then some of the people, you know, people that remain, uh, you know, we all know there's a staffing crisis. I mean, it's, how, do you, how do you feel that that might be affecting the way people are, are feeling and behaving? Um, it's a very, very good question. Again, I feel like I'm out of the loop a little bit these days, but, um, that was another thing when I was talking to someone yesterday, um, they were saying where people are sort of getting jobs in, in kitchens or behind bars with next to no experience now, because people, places are just so desperate. They're sort of dragging them more or less dragging them off the street and sort of basically sending them in and sort of saying, oh, this is what we do, this is what you'll do. And whether or not that's a good thing, it could be a good thing because you sort of get a lot of people that are sort of very, very new to the industry and sort of wanting to give it a go and you can sort of maybe we can sort of mould them to, to be a little bit more open about their mental health from that point of view. Um, yeah, it's I think COVID's thrown a lot of spanners in the works. Um probably more bad than good, but there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of, I mean, I've sort of been talking about the doom and gloom of working in hospitality, but I still love it. I still, I still think about all the great camaraderie I had, all the great people I worked with. Um, I wasn't always the easiest person to work with, but, uh, at the end of the day, you know, we would, you know, sort of at the end of the day, we'd all go out and have a drink and have a laugh and, and, yeah, I just, I just feel like there's there's all these new challenges for hospitality now, and rather than sort of being a little bit picky about who they employ, um, places are willing to sort of give um, untested people a try, which I think is a really really good idea. Yeah, absolutely. Especially, but then it's like you just want them to be in the right environment so that they, you know, are enthused about the industry and aren't put under too much pressure and that that, that inexperience doesn't put too much extra pressure on those um, more experienced hands on deck. It's, it's, there's so much to it, isn't there? Like every, every business is such a, you know, such a complex machine with so many different moving parts. And um, it is so important, as you say, that, you know, people's agency and, and, and personality and where they're at in their own, you know, complex lives is, is taken account of. But then, yeah, you can also see how, 
you know, people are under stress and pressure and there's a lot to do and not enough people to get it done. So it's, it's understandable that, um, yeah, everything isn't, you know, uh, calm and, and, and light and, you know, love, peace and understanding all the time. It's, um, yeah, it's, it, there's a lot to it. Um, but it, yeah, Alan, it's so great to get your perspective and so such valuable work that you're doing. And I think, you know, it's actually probably great that you've got that little bit of an outside perspective on the industry at the moment, um, to, you know, bring this, this, this new perspective in. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to tell us about? Um, I do have a little event that I'm, um, that I am hosting, um, uh, it's actually four weeks today. I'm going to do the first ever um, the Burnt Chef Project Mental Health Awareness uh, Information Session down in my um, old stomping ground down in Geelong. Um, so it's on Monday the 20th of June at 7pm at uh, a little restaurant called Sailor's Rest, which is down on the waterfront. It's a really, really iconic venue, very well known in Geelong. Um I actually worked there 15 years ago and um, there's a little bit of history with mental health and things attached to Sailor's Rest, which was half the reason why I chose them. Um, I actually had my first work-related mental breakdown there, um, which is um, something, I'll always, something I'll always remember and sort of, you know, that's when I sort of realised that um, I needed to sort of look after myself a little bit more. Um and unfortunately, um, when I was working there, and I'm hoping no one listening to this that was uh, part of the team down there, unfortunately, uh, one of the head chefs um, died by suicide in the time I worked down there, um, which I think uh, hit us really, 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 really tough at the time um, because, again, no one sort of knew anything about uh, mental health issues back then. So... Basically, I feel like this is the the best venue to do this first session. Um, so basically, I'm gonna open myself up again if I can open myself up anymore. Um, share my story, share my experiences, um, talk about my eventual breakdown, which I like to call um, going from breakdown to breakthrough. Um, basically, discovering the Burn Chef project and sort of beginning to drive the Burn Chef project in Australia, which, again, I just feel like we need to talk more about mental health. We need to normalise it and just basically people need to talk about mental health as much as they talk about physical health. Um, you know, it's just something that goes hand in hand. And I remember I was watching a, um, a presentation the founder, Chris Hall, did um, in, a, in a college in England and um, he said to the students, um, when it comes to your physical health, what's three things you do to look after your physical health? And they said um, it was um, getting plenty of sleep, exercise and eating well. And then he said, what are three things you can do to look after your mental health? And it was exercise, plenty of sleep and a good diet. So the old saying... Um, you know, healthy mind, healthy body is is really true. So basically I'd like to see as many as of my old colleagues who are down in Geelong. I'm planning on doing at the moment I'm sort of looking at two or three more um venues up here in Melbourne once, you know, sort of I see how the Geelong session goes. I'm using Geelong as a bit of a 
bit of a dry run. I'm not normally a public speaker. So uh, this is me going out of my comfort zone again um, and talking about myself and being centre of attention is not normally something that I would do, but there's just something about mental health in hospitality and the work that the Burn Chef Project are doing that's just making me come out of my shell a little bit. It's only taken me 46 years to do it, but there's no time like the present. And I really, um, I'm really excited about everything that, you know, that's planned. Um, and hopefully, hopefully in the future, I can certainly get a lot more people on board with the ambassadorship. Um, cause they do say, um, many hands like make light work. Wow. I mean, Alan, it's so brave of you to have the event at a place that's been, yeah, these have had these massive, um, events in your life. Um, it's really powerful. Uh, yeah, good on you. I'm just really, really blown away by by that. It's so the symbolism of it um, is yeah extraordinary. Yeah, I'm all, I'm always looking for little symbols like that. There's always I'm always finding little things, little reasons to do things. And yeah, I I feel there's no better reason than to do the first one there because there's just been so much um, mental health issues and and just a lot of yeah, I, I just feel like it's the perfect venue, absolutely the perfect venue. And it's a beautiful venue too. I must admit I went down there a few weeks ago for the first time um, in 15 years and they've done renovations, which is just was amazing. It is, is really a, a fantastic-looking venue. And I'm not just saying that because I'm, uh, I'm doing the information session there. Even that's, you know, I guess – a promising sign, isn't it, that their transformation is possible and, you know, there can be many positives after difficult times. Um, I reckon I should just mention to anybody listening that's struggling themselves that you can always call Lifeline. That number is 131114. And, you know, as Alan's been saying, you know, we've got to keep talking, we've got to keep reaching out. So, yeah. Let's um, let's look after ourselves and one another. Alan, thank you so much for your generosity and openness in coming on the show today. It's really it's going to mean a lot to a lot of people for sure. And I will now confirm that I am the one that's in illustrious company. So thank you for <laughs> thank you for being with us today and chatting to the Dirty Linen audience. I appreciate. Well, it. thank you, Danny. I'm I'm yeah. No, I'm still humbled. I'm I still think I'm in. Let's just let's just share the um. Share the illustrious company, I think. <laughs> okay, Why not? deal. Why not? All right. <laughs> Thanks so much. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This.